And welcome back, all you believers, skeptics, and the undecided, to Mindbend, where no subject is off-limits or unworthy of being answered. We are your hosts, Big E. And the G-Meister. Now, everything is theoretically impossible until it's done. Robert A. Heinlein. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a good quote right there. That's a mouthful right there. Yeah, no kidding. Now, in today's episode, it will be looking at um, our great, well, not great, as I said in quotations, uh, Charles Darwin. Now, the theory of evolution, it, is it true or is it hogwash? Well, let's find out together. Now, in 18... 18- 59, Charles Darwin provided the foundation or one of the most profound but controversial theories of all time. Yeah, yeah the, so the theory of evolution, um, and again, it, it kind of helps us understand not only the hominin side of it, but all the, an, all the animals, um, sea creatures, you know, land creatures, air creatures in the air. Yeah, um, it, and it can it can give us a basis as to where we can all again. This is possible. We it's a theory where all we all possibly come from. Right. Um. And with the current technology that we have, we're able to go a lot further down this with what Charles Darwin gave us, and hopefully we can keep figuring it out. Yeah, I, I would assume you know Charles Darwin's theory has been thrown in the uh, fire of whether you're a historical believer or a religious type person yeah. and looking at what um, this whole evolution begins. Because, for instance, like, religion is based off of, you know, a god that gave all man life or every living creature life. And basically that's how we uh, were created and for historical or scientific uh, reason, you know, we evolved from primates yeah. or, or a descendants of a monkey species. And over time, we evolved and got smarter, better, and we changed. Like, we commonly don't look like these uh, apes of, you know, millions of years ago. Yeah. And we are con- uh, constantly finding, you know, more skeletal remains of not just our ancestors, but different ancestors of animals that used to live here. Now, like I said in the previous episode, you know, 99% of all animals that lived on this earth have been eradicated or extinct. Yeah, and I believe, well, I found a lot of the stuff on, at least for the research from a a lot of these scientists say apparently at a UN convention of biological diversity they concluded that and this is, this is supposedly we don't have proof right. but roughly every day up to 150 species are lost and they said that could be as much as 10% a decade I mean think about that 150 different species of just creatures that's that's a lot that's a lot of creatures right there I mean oh yeah that that definitely is a lot of creatures and that that is kind of sad that you know we lose these i want to say exotic but like yeah very prized animals that you know 
are like us, but we are much more knowing that, you know, there's more to life than just living. But for these animals, they basically all they do is the three essential needs is, you know, eat, drink, and, you know, reproduce to continue their lineage. Yeah. And it, it's just a shame that, you know, these species are dying off. And now there's been report that more animals are going to go extinct than even the ones that we don't learn about, you know, every day in the news. We, you know, get a glimpse of these animals that basically are on the verge of extinction. And we're like, well, why haven't we been taught this or learned this, whether it's at schools or whether it's, at, you know, at a uh whether you go to a job uh that basically biology for instance yeah. where you learn these animals you know there are so many animals but you can't learn them all because the human brain can only take so much information and basically you can only uh grasp what what you do and do not know yeah. because information is endless you can learn so much about a species that you would be convinced or not convinced and then you know someone could teach you about another animal that could be similar and you'll be like oh i did not learn about that like tell me more or like let me uh try to find what we do or do not know about this animal because you know i watched this one episode uh since it's shark week uh, uh snuffy the seal yeah <laughs> And uh, there, these uh, two uh, scientists went to Papua New Guinea, and they basically were looking for this rare uh, shark, what is called a uh, land shark, where oh. they they can travel on, where they can crawl, and they and they found that uh, four different types of species of it. And I forget the name of it. It starts with an E, like if. Sorry in advance. We got a computer here. Let's. Yeah, let's use our computer here. Yeah. And it's a land shark. Yeah. So we have no, not not the movie. Yeah, we're not talking about that movie. Sure. Let's just. Papua New Guinea. Just look up Papua. Papua. You know how to spell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Google does it for me. So let's see here. So oh, there we go. Scientists baffled. All right, I would like that. Yeah. So we have. Yeah, that's the guy. Oh, whoa! It looks. It, it's. Look it up, folks. It kind of looks like a, a nursing shark in a way. It's like it's not a very large no. animal. It's maybe two two feet long. Yeah. So they. What are they calling this? Logo? A Could walking you, shark. Called. Oh. Uh. Pollock shark, a pollock shark. A pollock shark, known as the Hemicillium ocellatum. It's unique among shark species. It, the ability to walk on land. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and what was interesting about the story that I was watching is that uh, the the two scientists that were studying it uh, basically were uh, at a uh, one of those. Uh, uh, shops uh, near the ocean yeah. that basically trades uh, like fresh products and all that. And this uh, one, um, in, well, I want to say uh, the person that lives that well yeah. lives with the uh, people. He basically took them back to his place, and he had up to like ten, ten of these sharks. Uh. And he basic the scientist basically told him. Hey, I'll give you this uh, fishing spear 
if I can have all these uh, sharks. And he basically agreed to them. And one of these sharks was uh, pregnant. And he figured that they, she wouldn't survive if she was held captive in this, like, basket-like. That's, yeah. Well, I mean, and that's where it kind of gets to the cultural differences. Yeah. I mean, they have to hunt. They have to eat. They have to feed their families. Yeah. And it, people get mad, like, oh, you're over-hunting. Well, they have to, in a way, they have to. They have to support themselves. Right. And I guess a lot of that is we need to be a little more conservative with what we do with like for example the amazon rainforest is a massive one yeah it's a lot of species are there a lot oh, yeah. of different i mean types of forest like trees are there a lot of different veg- vegetations are there and mm-hmm. we instead of you know conserving it and you know making some forest fields they're tearing a bunch of it down oh yeah it. And I mean that's another problem we have. We have is constantly deforestation. Oh, it, and you build houses. You're like buy, yeah. buy a house. Okay, we're not going to get into that. That's yeah, no, we're not. We're not homeowners over here. No, we're not. No. But uh, as you were saying, as you were saying though, Eric, about these lovely, lovely creatures. Oh, oh boy, I, I messed it up. Where were we? Uh, well, anyways, so the yeah. story goes that he basically rescued them, and then he was able him and this other scientist were able to you know do some dna strat and they took some uh pieces and they tagged them and they released them back into the ocean near a uh rock uh underwater rocks that basically could uh be far away from humanly humans and basically that was it i did not watch any more unfortunately but uh, but if you want to I would definitely look those up because those uh, are very astounding uh, finds for, you know, scientific and archaeological finds. Yeah. And it, you know, it's a big win for nature itself with, you know, saving these animals. And a lot of animals can still be rescued today, whether they're, you know, household pets or just wild animals. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole zoo talk because obviously, you know, we are yeah. wa- protecting them. and well, yeah, It's good in a way, but it's, yeah. it's a double-edged sword, like you said. Yeah, wherever you go, there will be controversial. And, you know, it's no one's fault. It's just how you're taught. It's yeah. how you were raised and how you see the spectrum of, you know, what's good and what's not good it, from your perspective. Yeah, I mean, the, the fun, it's not really funny, but it's kind of an interesting fact. I learned this, the Joe Rogan experience. Did, you know how, the, again, tigers, one of my favorite animals. Yeah. I learned that there are more tigers captive oh, in yeah. Texas oh, yeah, than that, there are in the wild. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it's not... It's sad, but it's at least they're not going to get hunted for their pelts. Yeah. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, no. That, and a lot of the tigers are on the Endangered Species Act. so Absolutely. And, you know, there are, like, probably thousands of, hundreds of thousands of different tigers that lived on this earth that are no longer with us today. Yeah. And it would have been awesome to understand maybe they could have been related to the saber-toothed tiger. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if or any distinctive uh ancestor that w- might be close to a saber-tooth that we just instantly lost and you know, we're trying our best to rediscover it or trying yeah. to find DNA strat that can help us, you know, put an idea 
of what they look like or what they uh their abilities their traits what they ate yeah basically all that now someday we might finally understand the concept of what life and the eras of the life yeah and hopefully the meaning of life but until then we should be more grateful for what we have found and what we do know without these without these findings we wouldn't have as good of a concept of where we possibly come from yeah for instance the monkeys and all that and and again as we said we're discussing both sides we're not saying the theory's true (laughs) we're not if we're, again, I'm hell, any religious person out there. We're not saying it's true. We we don't know. We're just curious. We're just we're looking into it. You know. And, oh yeah. And again, if you have a comment or so, I mean, oh. well, we can't. We the you, the lovely YouTube. Channel. Yeah, <laughs> that's something we forgot to mention. Yeah. But that's all right. But um, as, you know, we we try our best to get both sides, and you know, we'll get we'll get to the religion topics later. But oh yeah, definitely a lot of this glamers on there yeah. like flashing warnings and epilepsy lights yeah. and <laughs> making people understand hey don't take this serious please please don't so uh, <laughs> but anyways let's transition to one of my favorite topics of probably any subject that you know i didn't learn at school a lot yeah but i learned over time by myself while whether it's reading articles or looking at you know short youtube videos or reading books about it Mm -hmm. and one of it is the cradle of civilization and that is mesopotamia when uh basically humans allegedly start when uh civilization was created yeah now when humans began to settle down in the remote uh, areas of the world they didn't pick a random spot and say hey you know this looks like a nice place you know good beaches and all that nice tan i can get on no no i'm going to make this my home and they this wasn't the case for them they didn't say that these being uh beings somehow knew that in order to survive they needed food of course water like drinking water and some sort of shelter to keep them from you know the harsh elements of nature yeah now um in order to start a civilization they needed dry ground for agriculture you know for the livestock and all that for the animals and you know building and to live on you know of course people people today live near you know ravines and all that and but usually the ravines are you know buildings of course that are placed on top of it so that they don't you know wake up and just start walking around in watery places and hope that they don't find a snake or a shark or an alligator just yeah i, I wouldn't want to walk out of my front porch yeah and there's a big old alligator sitting out there waiting for me to step on it you know oh yeah no that that would be bad yeah there goes a leg yeah uh, back to the doctors we go <laughs> now obviously the next essential is water yeah so they would uh supposedly build their camp 
uh, camps near a water source because water is basically the envy of all things. Yeah. You know, I believe it's 90, uh, I forget what the percentage of the earth is covered in ocean. You want to look that up ocean for me? Ocean percentage. I think it's close to 70, 90, oh, I, 90, wow, I was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> 97% of our ocean is, well, our world is covered in water. Well, uh, no, hold, hold on there, Calvin. Yeah. So I was right on one thing. So about 97% of the Earth's water is in the ocean, but it covers more than 70% of the surface. Oh, okay. So we, we, we were you were right, and I was right in our own little ways. Yeah, so let's, we made our mistakes. Yeah, that happens. Now... Whether it be a lake or river or a stream of water, they they would be near it. Like all, yeah. all those early civilizations that you find are basically near uh, those uh, water, yeah. basically. And, you know, thousands of years later, we would find them and we'd be like, well, why did they build it here? Well, of course, you know, maybe there was a, a river or a lake or a stream there yeah. at one point, And that would tell you a lot about, you know, our past. And that would be a good thing for us to understand that, hey, there used to be some type of uh, area here that was a very key essential for these people. And all of a sudden, you know they just vanish or they just you know moved like a lot of cultures do or yeah. people they would move and uh do you have any uh idea well i another essential that you you obviously need to have for your civilizations you need to have the ability to administrate territories mm. Um, you got complex divisions of labor. You got to tell people it, it's not communist. We're not saying you have to be a communistic society, but you need to have people doing certain things like building a farm, like who's going to build the farm, right? Who's going to build, you know, the river, like the little things to get the water to the yeah. crops, who's, roadways, yeah. and all that. Yeah, and, exactly. And you need to, con like, as I said, complex divisions of labor. You got the socialization of people. You got to get people to talk to each other, communicate to get these, you know, civilizations going. Yeah, uh, you got to get obviously cooperation so you can even have the society that you have. Yeah, um, mostly respect. You know, you yeah. want to gain the trust of these people, saying, "Hey, I'm a good leader." You know, if you trust me, I can, you know, potentially trust you, or vice versa. Yeah, you know, if you want me to believe that you are a good leader, you know, show me what a leader would do, or show me what you can do that we can learn off or base off you. Absolutely, and that, that's kind of what the, the next point is. It's I wouldn't necessarily think they'd have an economic class back then, but there's got to be something along those right. lines. Like who the I'd say a hierarchy of people. Oh yeah, you got to have. Um, and this would kind of go in with the, the next point that we have was which is the cooperation of civilization of other civilizations. Mm -hmm. Because if one strove, say for example, I have a bunch of fish. Yeah, and then you have a bunch of like water, or you have more of it. We can exchange, which is right. more of the, I guess, not the economy, but... The where trade could, system. Yeah, like the trade system you could build with it. And, again, you have that, which would be a good thing to have. Um, and so, here we go. As we mentioned, multiple civilizations came together, it worked together, and yeah. they could possibly join and make a bigger civilization. Yeah, what an empire or kingdom or uh, duchy, as yeah. they call them, back in the day. Yeah, and I guess that's what... Um, another 
Oh boy, I I am lost. <laughs> it's all right, man. Well, uh, I mean, a, a lot of these ancient civilizations, for example, like the Egyptians, mm-hmm. they probably came together through multiple multiple dynasties, groups. and yeah. they blew, blew up when they came all together and made this big, humongous kingdom that we now know of. Yeah. Then you got the Greek. Obviously, the Greeks. Oh yeah, everyone, <laughs> everyone knows loves the Greeks. Yes. Uh, oddly enough, not oddly enough, but the Mayans, we don't know a whole lot about them compared to the Greeks because of, you know, d- just invasions, destructions, and their own self-destruction. And that's another point where they didn't communicate well enough. There was yeah. inter-civil wars that we, we do know about. Yeah, and we basically study more about, you know, the west, uh, the eastern uh, side yeah. more than the uh, western part where it's the North America area that yeah. we don't really learn about because we're not taught it or we're not shown as much information than we do with the Greeks and the Romans because we have stories, we have writings that survive for millennia. Yeah, and then you got the Puebloans, I think I'm saying the right, ancient China, which I know I know more about, again, as I said with the, the first episode, I know about the Mongolians. Yeah. And I know about uh, the, the other periods, I believe the Zhao... I think I'm saying that the, right. The the Ming, the Ming's and the and the Song. I think it's a Song dynasty yeah, as well. Song. Um, again, those have all been passed down. Oh, not well, not not the Mongols. No, <laughs> not the, the Mongols. The Mongols, no. They're they're just there. They're like a bunch of once in a lifetime well, opportunity. Exactly. For them. But it, you you can see these periods from at least the ancient China. We have a they have a massive amount of history behind it because oh, yeah. it goes from one and it leads into the other yeah and which and again that's where you would get all these the communication and the cl- economic classes that's it's not a perfect example but it's as close as you're going to get in terms of keeping everything together right and then you know you got my people the celts the mm-hmm. welsh irish english all that yeah um see what else uh oh and the first well the first recorded civil not where it was first recorded you got the ancient egypt you got ancient china i think that was the third to second yeah the third to second millennial that they started to do the writing system Mm -hmm. Uh, then you got the earliest civilization in india which Mm. is what i was trying to say uh, about that earlier yeah which was supposedly recorded i I think was the indus river valley uh, between Three, I think, three thousand circus, yeah, in, or ni- in nineteen hundred, or what was it, eighty in nineteen hundred BCE, yeah. Um, and I, I don't know a whole lot about those, but I, I don't know if there was one older than that, though. Well, yeah, the the Indus Valley people are like one of the most uh, bizarre stories. Yeah. They are definitely one that we will look into probably separate them into a, a different episode or maybe put it in with another episode but that that definitely is a culture that should be looked into more and talked about more because their history goes far back than what we do know of china uh the greeks the romans mm-hmm. and it, it's kind of a sad story what happened to them in, in yeah. a lot of ways but that again that's in college that's what i researched that's the oldest that we went to was the the lovely indus river because the history is ridiculous it goes far back but i believe you are a topic you know more about it than i do yeah 
Yeah, so however, these are not nearly as old as ancient uh, the ancient people of Mesopotamia, of course, yeah. which was between Syra uh, 6,000 to 5,000 BCE. You know, people, yeah. you know, scholars and archaeologists are still trying to figure out when they truly uh, came about. Mm-hmm. Now... <laughs> careful here. No, we don't have a script here, folks. No, we don't care. Careful here, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, definitely not looking at it right no. now in my hands. No. Now, of course, this is like one of my favorite subjects, of course. And yeah. one, the one culture that I want to talk about are the Sumerians. Yeah. This ancient city of Suma uh, was rediscovered in the uh, 1840s. Now, it's not that long ago. Now, of course, continually, uh, it was continually rebuilding of these cities over centuries had uh, raised their levels uh, above the surrounding land yeah. so that they they look like hills. Okay. So, because uh, over time, land changes and yeah. basically most of the hill, uh, the what would look like a flat surf uh, plateau would yeah. uh, uh, be raised due to you know sand or due to the con- uh, con- uh, continents mo- moving a bit. Yeah. So that's why when you go there, you'll see that these place uh, these once thriving cities or towns mm-hmm. are like on these massive hills. Um, before we continue, I just I hate to interrupt you. Can we at least tell them, like, because you said sands, and I'm trying to figure out, we, can we give them an idea of roughly where this, at least where it was? Where, where the yeah, no, was. absolutely. Uh, the, this place was uh, where we now known as uh, Syria, where it's uh, close to Saudi Arabia. It's like northern Saudi Arabia yeah. in, into Iraq. And Iraq is like close to Afghanistan. Uh, more or less, where it yeah. borders Iran. So basically, it's like a cluster of uh, country, what what we now know yeah. as them today, where they're as uh, closely possible as the ancient source of all humankind. Yeah. And not that far away is, uh, you know, Israel, of course, because Israel is like right next to... Uh, the Mediterranean, yeah. but this uh, Sumerians were basically on the Persian Gulf, mm-hmm. what we now know as Persia, but their Persia is no longer there. Yeah, we can thank the, yeah. <laughs> all the lovely ancient times for that. Uh, pretty city, though, so from what I was... Oh, yeah, to. no, th- these cities were very spectacular, and it, it's really a shame that the uh, you know, a lot of them are have been destroyed, or whether they've been, const- yeah, leveled. Uh, I was watching this uh, one YouTuber named uh, Bright Inside, who does these uh, deep dives into yeah. them, and he basically released a video that talked about you know the uh, a, a, a Syrian uh, conspiracy, how you know many of these. Uh, ancient sites that were once there, like the I wouldn't, I forget what they were called. I think they were Mosul, I believe they were called these giant towers. And all of a sudden, you know, 
when ISIS invaded in 2010, I believe. Oh, boy. Yeah, they basically were leveled or destroyed. And it and these uh, buildings that were de- somewhat destroyed, they, these buildings were meant to stand the test of time. You know, stone is a very uh, hard to de- de- uh, demolish, of course. But for... A group of people that are claimed to be, you know, religious, uh, I wouldn't say prophets, but religious people who had a lot of hate really went after these buildings, these ancient sites and these ancient stone carvings and really tried their best to destroy them, which makes no sense why they would, you know, take their anger out on these uh, ancient sites. And he basically went into depth that, you know, that they were hired mercenaries to, yeah, and that these weren't people that were just upset. They were, like, paid to destroy this area Mm -hmm. by, you know, whoever had the money, of course. You know, we're not making any claims claims or accusations of who did this, but these people were very well known and very... uh, advance to understand like hey you have the firepower to destroy it here we'll give you some guns or we'll give you explosives and you take this place out and it it just find i just find that very bizarre how you know people would do that but then again you know the human race is very complex and you can have many reasons or explanations of why you wanted to destroy it for your purpose yeah but you know if you're a archaeologist or a person in general that wants to look at these sites and try your best to say hey maybe there's more behind this story of why they built these monolithic structures yeah we you shouldn't destroy them let us try to prove your point if you're upset with it let's look at this you know let's not destroy it without uh having a conclusive uh result of you know yeah you know with your influence over religious beliefs or beliefs that you were taught from other people that you had the right to you know that you had that right to blow it up but yeah. which you know violence never is the answer it, you know whenever i look at a situation uh, talking about a situation is always better than you know getting in a heated argument and just taking it your way always look at both sides and having that open minded of course you know yeah, we course. but uh besides that let's uh, get back on topic good. <laughs> uh, i think you were at now okay yeah thank you so a big reason uh why the sumerians are you know who they are today if you know them or study them but uh they were truly ahead of their time you know it was that their advances were like off the charts you know they had fabrication of copper you know board games the wheel of course yeah you know the number system uh irrigation laws yeah 
Beer, of course, everyone's favorite. Oh, the old beer. <laughs> yeah. Drink away all those sorrows right there. Oh, yeah. You know, tools, of course, for farming. Yeah. Whether, you know, that being, you know, hammers, sickles, axes, or ho- uh, hoes yeah. for their farming. And not just that, but for battling, of course, you know, a lot of fights brought up, were brought off the claimed territory. Mm-hmm. And what's also they had was a uh, a writing system that they yep. usually do. Oh, I apologize here. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, so, as we mentioned, uh, not a lot of people know about the ancient Sumerians. And it, this gets to a, a little difficult. We don't know why they wouldn't teach. like the, not, not really the kids, because I'm not sure a bunch of you know, third graders would want to listen to all this stuff. Yeah. But, in high school, it, I'm pretty sure there'd be a lot. Of, I'm I would be interested in learning it. Oh yeah, it could be again due to as you know we mentioned religious factors. Right. We're not claiming that. You know, no, don't don't come <laughs> after us. But it could be that it conflicts with a lot of the information, or you know, the scientists don't want us to talk about it because they don't fully know about it. Yet. Right. Or uh, the re- the regional bias, like in America, we don't really learn a whole lot about other you know societies. We learn more about ours, yeah, which is important. But we need to expand the knowledge that we have. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you can get us to some examples. Like again, you know, the, the Bible could be a big factor. Um, as I mentioned, scientists they don't know a whole lot about it, even right. though we clearly know a lot more than they're letting on. Yeah. Um, see what else we have uh, uh, and again I have to preference we're not saying religions are a factor of this it's just it's interesting to know that we have all this available information mm-hmm. and they're not broadcasting it to kids that hey this is the oldest stuff yeah. that was found This it's what thousands and thousands of years old we're not learning about it yeah and I don't know. It... Yeah, it's a subject or topic that basically wasn't discovered until like, you know, the 1840s to the early 19th century. So yeah. it's not really that old for us to that discovered it. Uh, one interesting uh, story when I was in junior high, uh, we basically, what I distinctly remembered from my uh, history teacher, Mr. Yeah. Uh, Reinbreck, shout outs to him. <laughs> uh, he he brought up a. Uh, we were looking at the books, those old textbooks, you know, those old world history textbooks oh, that everyone boy. loves. And he basically talked about, you know, the Sumerians for a brief second. And he basically, I think what I recall is that he showed like a picture and it basically had like two people on it and it had them with the wheel and he basically said that they were the first people to create the wheel yeah and of course the wheel is one of the greatest inventions of all time is it like sliced bread yeah yeah we'll go with that it's the sliced bread of inventions yeah on that one but in my mindset i i didn't really ask those questions of course that we do today yeah my in my mind what i believe was like oh okay they just created a wheel and that was it but I never asked why or how they created the wheel. Like, how did they become so advanced to know that? Yeah. You know, did they have a system where they had a trial and error? Or did they just immediately get the information from 
quote unquote aliens. Yeah. You know, that's the always possibility that everyone loves. Now, there are some ideas of why, you know, school systems might not teach it. You know, for some examples, you know, of course, the Bible, you know, that's the number one or the Tower of Babel. Yeah. Where, you know, these people were building up to the heavens and then they w- it was said that the people had all one language and this quote-unquote God basically said, uh, came down and took each person and moved them away and taught them a different language so that they couldn't be able to teach or, yeah. or communicate with each other and they basically had all these different languages that well, we know today and then there's there, well there's two stories of that it, he moved them around and then there's another one was he was getting not really worried but he was like i told you not to come up here right and then he made them like okay yeah you, you're gonna speak spanish you you're gonna you're <laughs> gonna speak latin and then they all got confused and then they pretty much found each other and moved away from there but yeah Something along those lines that we have. Yeah. And, you know, we also have accounts of kings and cities before the Great Deluge. You know, whether it's in the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls that talk about it. Oh, yeah. And basically many more stories or events like these. Whether it be, you know, some accounts of no African origins. Because that was uh, passed around a bit. That... Some people were debating about saying, hey, I don't think these people came from Africa, which is kind of bizarre because it's been said that we originated from Africa, of course, but then they don't talk about it uh, or say in their text saying, hey, we didn't originate from Africa. And that might throw, you know, a curveball at scholars or, you know, the academics. Now, of course... What's transition? Transition, of course. Yeah. We should have like a musical yeah. note or something. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I'm going to have to get out the old uh, Legend of Zelda one. Oh, where dear. you open the chest. <laughs> yes. That'd be great. Uh, yes, yeah, good. All, for all those Zelda people, they're all screaming in joy. Then. Uh, Yay. Absolutely. Or they're thriving in fear. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't say Legend of Zelda in fear. Oh, well, of course, some people might. Yeah, the but old games. We won't talk about that. No. Now, let's go into depth with the cities. Of course, yeah. the very first city in uh, Sumer was Irdu. Now, according to the Sumerian king list, uh, the patron god was Enki. Now, Enki was described as being a half human half serpent like person okay and you know i love the sumerian gods and that will definitely be another episode of its own where we talk about these gods and goddesses and these deities and who they were now this part of the kingdom of course or the civilization was located in the southern mesopotamia like i said in the persian gulf yeah or uh Saudi Arabia and uh, what was it? Iraq? Yeah, yeah Iraq. Yeah, so it was, I think, and also to the upper left of it, I believe there's Turkey. So yes. it's, it's it's within a, a fairly big area. Yeah, it, no, it was a large area where uh, these uh, civilizations started out. It, 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 yeah. con- it had a lot of uh, area and, you know, maybe some 
scholars and school systems know why they don't teach about it because it's so close to you know Israel and the Holy Bible quote unquote was originated from there because yeah. well and another thing it's it's between Saudi Arabia which again there's you know that the Muslim states you have yeah. over there and then you have Turkey which whatever I don't, I'm not too familiar with Turkey but whatever religion they would have and you know they could have derived something off of this. oh yeah. Now, when archaeologists began excavating the area, they discovered a temple that was dedicated to this god, Enki, the, the Sumerian god of knowledge. The temple was rebuilt many times, yeah. and scientists were able to pinpoint both where the temple was and how old it was. Yeah. And, you know, that's a huge find for us because, you know, it... it you can't really carbonate stone, of course. No. But you can carbonate the ground and when it was, uh, you know, disturbed. Yeah. And we have the capability of doing that. Which is kind of cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> now, they were able to use the virgin soil under the temple to get this estimate. And it was supposedly built before 38,000 uh, BCE, uh, roughly around that time. Now, coincidentally, this is also around the time of the Mesopotamia began to flourish as a kingdom. Yeah. And having used uh, stone tools some two million years ago, man achieved this unprecedented civilization in Sumer, you know, around 3800 B.C. Yeah, and um, I think... Well, I know you did a lot of you've done a lot of reading on this. Yeah. From what I found, uh, scientists and scholars, what they find odd is they don't know where they they appear literally. It's like it's like religion and, and all these other like the theory of evolution. They appeared out of nowhere. Like when when Darwin made it, no one knew how he got it. They literally came from nowhere. Oh, no yeah. one knows how they came from or how they we know how they came from. Right. What where they came from or how they were able to build a flourishing city yeah. out of nowhere and again who who were they another thing is why were they there yeah what what made them come there it, uh, <laughs> oh sorry we, we have, have a cat up yeah, here, my, here. One, of, one of my little kitties is up here uh, with us a co-host yes she's very uh interested interested in this topic <laughs> do you have a uh, opinion you wanted to ask cat uh, meow 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 no well, and, and as, as Biggie said, well, it, it was a rather, I mean, for the time, it was a rather large civilization. I think one of the things they found, it was rough, it was 40 miles within a 64 kilometers. They found, it was, I think, northwest Irdu. Yeah. It, it's considered one of the more important finds I found. It was, I think, what was it? It was, uh... It, it was uh, it, it was basically the very first complete city that they found. Yeah, and it was oh they also found uh, it was it was a religious center. They found I think it was in the Mesopotamia. Was it the uh, the Yurk? That would be a period yeah. of time, correct? So it was within the Yurk period. Um, it I think it was one of two. What was it? Hold on. I apologize, folks. I'm rather bad at reading stuff. Yeah, see, so yeah, it was a city. Um, there was also a religious center located within it. Um, and I think it was they found it between the 4th millennium B.C., if I'm correct on that. Yeah. 
And they found some really interesting things in there. Like, for example, they found uh, the first colored pottery within uh-huh. there. Yeah. Um, and they also found what made the pottery. They found supposedly a baked, like the, the kilns they would use. Uh, yeah. For those who don't know what a kiln is, it's it's not a forge necessarily, but it's used to bake pottery and whatnot to get it to harden, solidify. And they also found evidence of the first pottery wheel in there, did, believe it or not. Yes, they did. And, you know, when you go to these places today, yeah. of course, like I said, these areas are not what they used to look, you know, 6,000, 5,000 years ago. When you go there, yeah. it's just sand. There's like <laughs> sand everywhere. Anakin Skywalker's rolling over right now, and he's like having a heart palpitation right now. Ah, <laughs> the sand people. <laughs> <laughs> but these places, you can look this up for yourself too on uh, Google Images or any uh, pictures and books that they're just there's like nothing there like there might be like a couple of stone slabs maybe some uh, destroyed area like it was like it's like a hurricane or like something really happened and of course you know people change and people can destroy and nature can destroy yeah and around that area within like that desert area it's harsh Mm -hmm. i mean the thing is it could be we could have more stuff buried with within hundreds of feet of sand oh yeah i mean we don't even know no and then you got the lovely sandstorms which yeah i'm sorry (laughs) but if you get three or four of those you're not gonna yeah just look at egypt for example there's so much that is being discovered today as we speak and and, um going back a pavement of uh limestone bricks was uh found within the civilization has uh been dated to the oldest stone construction with the settlement and around the globe supposedly yeah and uh at uric there were also two large discoveries made uh the discovery of two ziggurats. Now, what a ziggurat is, is a large man-made mound that could have acted as an altar to whom these ancient peoples gave uh, sacrifices to or to give offerings to and or for religious purpose. Yeah, and again, they, they I had to interrupt you here, but they kind of look like the old Mayans, like Mayan-like oh, yeah. sculptures. No, well, no. The structures. Yeah, the structures where you would walk in, and it is it is literally, it's like a temple. Yeah. Way. Yeah, and the staircase is going up to heaven, of course. And yeah. you look at the Mayan, and you can make some similarities yeah. to it. But it's impressive how these people were able to construct these things with only their tools yeah. that they had. And... Uh, within these temples, they discovered the first inscribed texts as well as the first cylinder seals. That That is also a very important uh, notion for us, finding these uh, seals and these uh, ancient texts because yeah. they could help us describe how they built it or who they worshipped or yeah. what they, you know, their daily lives were. You know, they didn't, they didn't have much back then. You know, they didn't have a computer yeah. or a phone or... You know, they didn't have to go to work as much. You know, they basically just sat around and 
basically built things and yeah and i guess my question i i know about the inscribed text what could you describe for people what it what it, i think what was it the cylinder seals i don't know what they look like would you have an idea or do, would we want to look that up real quick uh i would assume we we can look it yeah. up because i what i'm trying to remember is that one of the seals basically would have a like a text all around it and they would have inscribed uh pictographs on it yeah. that would talk uh basically tell the story of what was happening and what was going on with it yeah exactly so it is exactly as biggie said it's this so there's a rounded one it's kind of like a, like yeah. a statue that has inscriptions on it and then there's one that's more more like a not a dinner plate but Something along the lines of a plate with, yeah, like a hieroglyphs, like in Egypt they would have. They would inscribe it on the wall. It's yeah. kind of like a, a wall in a way. Like yeah, that. and it, these uh, these seals are so impressive that the amount of detail and uh, dedication it would have taken to make this without, you know, messing it up or you know, accidentally like chiseling a piece off of it, like it was all in one take, and that's what's also fascinating. And that's baffling the scholars is how they were able to, you know, do this with what the tools they have today or what they had back then and from the tools that we have today. Now, uh, other sites from Euro the Uruk period gave uh, evidence of metal, uh, the Metal Age titles yeah. and the kings of uh, Mesopotamia. Now, the Sumerian king list, um, the first non-divine ruler was Maski Ag Agshira. That is a mouthful to say. Oh, absolutely. Um, he was a, a son of the god Utah, but, a, but was given birth to a human mother. Wow. So, yeah, usually that is a common thing with throughout you know religion. the bible yeah. and religion of course like for example mary with god but again yeah. we're not saying <laughs> uh, oh boy continue though because uh, it, it was kind of interesting how this whole king of the, the titles and all this stuff oh yeah no definitely you know he was later followed uh by his son uh enmeresk i believe that's how you say it enmeresk yeah that's how you say it enmeresk who, uh, whom was a great king in his own right. Supposedly. Supposedly. We well, yeah, we don't know for sure, but <laughs> that's what he claimed. But Absolutely. We, but we don't know. We don't have enough evidence to prove what he did or did not do. Yeah. Um, what's also interesting is that the people uh, called their kings or rulers Legal. And the title was given to the rulers of Yuma in their own inscriptions. Yeah. In all likelihood, these local titles were adopted by other cultures, like the kings of Akkade, into a heritage, uh, hierarchy, he yep. hierarchy, of course, uh, in which the Yugol took uh, precedence over the Ennis. Now, of course, the Ennis entitled them to rule over the city as well as their temple. Yeah and of their city god while the spouse of the nc uh had power over the city goddesses you know the the children of the a city uh and missionary 
uh, the temple of the deities who were yeah. regarded as the children of the city. Now, yeah. the I believe the Eshi were like somewhat priests. That's okay. More, so yeah. The, the, so they were priests. Okay. Yeah. So that back then, pre, these uh, Eshi were allowed to uh, mate and have wives, and basically they were in control of their own gods, and the spouses were in control of the goddesses and their children uh and the children goddesses and basically there is a lot more to that which we will definitely get to in another episode because this is where we will uh make our transition into uh the next episode into the dead sea scrolls and the bible and um... some of these uh what we call Sumerian tablets uh, basically that's what we're going to go after in the next episode is we're going to look at the Dead Sea Scrolls the biblical texts and the Sumerian tablets especially those because those ones right there are what basically set the stage of what we do know of gods and goddesses and the people how they were able to achieve so much and there is a lot of controversy uh, and a lot of information that people are trying to figure out with these texts because th- this is what we call the cuneiform texts. And th- these um, texts basically are not like handwritten where they have letters. They're just like little, uh, how do I describe them? They're like little tabs. Well, not tab. Well, I would say tabs, yeah, but they're uh, like, they're press, what people call cuneiform writing, mm-hmm. where they're like basically lines with a T shape at the top. And that's how they were able to form their writing. Yeah. And people have been for centuries trying to de- decode it, trying to understand it, because the written language was lost for thousands of years, of course, and we're just now relearning this. And that's what we're going to talk about next. And that is, will definitely be a topic you want to come back to. But other than that, thank you all for listening. And until next time, remember, it's just another day floating around in the universe. Thank you all for listening.